the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Thank you for joining us for another edition of The Advocate. I'm your host, Nick Phillips. And today we're going to be talking about uh, something that's been plaguing us now since uh, early 2020, and that's COVID. With us is Chris Phillips. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining us. Hey, it's always great to be here. Thanks again. Yeah, you've been on the show a number of times talking about COVID over these last uh, two and a half years there. But uh, can you give us a little bit of your background here and your role in the COVID story? Absolutely. So unfortunately, we are reaching the third birthday of COVID here in a couple of uh, weeks. And in fact, while I talk to you today, I myself have COVID. I'm still working remotely at home. And um, I've been in a couple of high-level meetings with other people who have COVID likewise. So we're definitely practicing what we preach here. Um, I've been very fortunate to be a healthcare executive um, and a nurse for over 30 years. And um, I oversee all clinical operations for Privia Health. Uh, which is out of D.C. It's national. Um, we are coming close to covering 5 million lives. Um, I run both the high-risk care management program and the nurse care advice line, which does about 4,000 calls a month. So I'm really on the front line. So what's, what I want to bring to the table today for your listeners is practically what does this mean for me, what you know, my family and myself are going through during this new time. Well, that, that sounds great. I think that's just what we need to hear. Well, let me back up a little bit because you are a healthcare worker. You've been immersed in COVID protocols and COVID reports, and uh, you got COVID. Any idea how you yeah. got it, and how did you first notice you had it nowadays? Right. Yeah. So I don't know, and I don't want to speculate, and we really shouldn't. You know, especially when you read the news headlines. Um, this is so contagious right now, and let's just continue to be kind to one another. Um, as I came down with it, even though I work primarily remote, um, I knew it was something unique. So I have very mild symptoms, um, just a lot of fatigue, body aches, and congestion, nothing more serious at all, more of a nuisance than anything. But I could tell you it definitely feels different. It, I, I know I don't feel like I have just a cold or um, influenza or anything. Um, so, you know, in, in one sense, too, I'm kind of glad to have it. I'm going on a vacation in another week. And I thought, well, hey, let's get the latest and greatest variant under control and the antibody built up for that. So I try to take, you know, the pretty balanced approach to life on this one. Can you tell us what your vaccination status is? Absolutely, yeah. So I had an original vaccine through Johnson & Johnson, and then I've been boosted once. And uh, because I work so remotely, and this is my second time having COVID, um, I've kind of held off on the most recent uh, vaccine, but uh, definitely looking over the horizon. Uh, you know, I've talked about this before in the show. We all are really on now a vaccine journey, not just with, which it's very personal. You know, it's based on our age, our risk factors, our convictions, our beliefs. That's all very good, you know. And I think we all need to just plot out what vaccines and boosters we're going to get when, because, you know, I'm up for other vaccines too, 
that I want to keep in check. So um, I'm kind of now on hold waiting for the next vaccine iteration before I move into the next booster myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, you're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate, and we have Chris Phillips on talking about COVID. And we're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back to another segment of The Advocate. I'm your host, Nick Phillips, and we have Chris Phillips on talking about COVID. Again, we're still talking about COVID. Again, as always, Chris, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yep, any way I can help the public. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the term COVID has such a strong reaction to it. Uh, when you hear people say they have COVID and you have COVID, uh, it's almost like in the past when this first started, it's almost like getting a death sentence. How dangerous is it now? How dangerous is it now? Uh, with you know, your that's fully COVID, what... What yeah. are we facing? That is a great question. And I think this is a perfect time to really care for one another, not just each other's health status, but their convictions and their beliefs. Um, so overall, this is not as dangerous as it was almost three years ago when this first came out. I mean, I was working on the front lines when Delta came out, um, you know, the first one, and that was very difficult. Um, so overall, the spread is much more uh, widespread, much easier to get, but for sure the hospitalization acuity deaths are much lower for all spectrum of ages and vaccine status, vaccination status. So that's the good news. Um, but you're, Nick, you bring up such a good point. Just people have different views of the word COVID and it elicits a different reaction and sentiment. Um, you know, to many of us who are relatively healthy, especially to younger people, COVID's just a nuisance. And, uh, you know, it's not that worrisome, but there's a number of people out there for good reason. So they're still very afraid of it. You know, they're, they're older. Um, they have some serious pre existing conditions. They may possibly be suffering already from COVID long haul symptoms or what they think may be COVID long haul. So that is one of my main points with my frontline nurses is to really be sensitive to patients' own um, vulnerabilities, whether they're actual vulnerabilities with medical conditions and age or perceived vulnerabilities, um, you know, just they're, they're afraid and just really take good care of them and navigate them through that. So, you know, overall, scientifically, we've won the major part of the war. We're not filling up hospitals. We're not filling up ICUs. And a lot of people are not dying, thank goodness. Um, but it's still a concern, and we still have to really use a lot of care with each other on, on how we, we transition through this. Well, like we, we talked about earlier is that this started back in 2020, and um, there, there's sort of a feeling, I think, generally, and maybe you can clear this up for us, that uh, we're all trying to avoid getting COVID, but if you get it, I think we have the feeling this might be a, a one-and-done kind of a thing, but, but that's not true, is it? Can you get it over again? And what if you have long-haul oh. symptoms? Can they be worse than oh my getting it? Yeah, you know, if the public thinks that they've been kind of duped on thinking we're over, we have two in the healthcare arena, to be honest. You know, whether we're working ICUs or infectious disease, we also – kept thinking uh, relief and end to the pandemic is right around the corner. 
And unfortunately, it just hasn't happened. You know, I rapidly um, assembled a, a really crack COVID team to work 365 days a year and become experts in COVID. And um, unfortunately, I kept coaching them, hey, in another two, three months, we'll be done. We'll dismantle the team, move on. Um, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, this just keeps morphing and, and becoming something a little different. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we're all in this together. I think we we all feel kind of tricked as far as thinking we're over the hump. But I do see a great silver lining and a lot of good in this still. So I always want to end on a good note. But um, you're you're not alone, and your healthcare workers are not trying to trick you. <laughs> we're in the same boat. So it, it is something that's going to be around for a while yet if not indefinitely and so when when people that somebody has covid um one it's not good to panic but uh nowadays and and we're in january 2023 uh now when someone finds out they have covid let's say they're fully vaxxed and they get covid how should they react to it and what should they do What, what are the What's the protocol on staying yep. away from people wearing masks or taking medication, or, or what should we do? Yeah, I think I have a really good take on this, especially because I lead such a large team that talks to so many people of all ages and walks of life every single day. Um, the protocol hasn't really changed too much from the CDC. You know, it's at least a five-day hard quarantine when you're COVID positive, five full days up to 10 out in high-risk areas um, out in public of wearing a mask. Now, one way I love to explain this is red light, yellow light, green light, because I know this is, this is hard to remember. And I'd like to say this isn't just if you get COVID, but if you're living with someone with COVID. So let's just say you're a close contact. You know, even though you don't have it yet, you still have to be really mindful about going into work, going into school. Um, so red light is zero to five days. Okay, so if you're if you get COVID again here recently uh, or in the near future, um, or if you're living with somebody with COVID, you really should just view, hey, for the next five days, we're really going to take extra care. Person with COVID stays home. People who are close contacts are canceling meetings and just being careful, even regardless of vaccine status. The yellow light is day six through 10 for everybody in that scenario. That's when we believe COVID has peaked um, sometime between day six and day 10. So you can venture out with care. Um, We would still continue to require, not require, but request that you wear like an N95 mask when you're indoors around high-risk people. And definitely let them know, Let, let loved ones and workers know, hey, you know, I'm living with someone with COVID. Um, I'm coming up on day eight, Um, you know, so that's the yellow light. And then green light would be after 10 full days. After 10 full days, you really should be cleared of it. You should not have to keep retesting yourself. Um, In fact, you're likely to continue to have false positives for up to 90 days. So just, you know, really hunker down for 10 days, get totally past those 10 days, and you should be good to go. I I can almost picture a, a table here. Showing that mm-hmm. uh, one, if you are healthy, fully vaccinated, and you're around somebody who has COVID, what does that person do? Um, they they isolate. Do they quarantine? Do they? Uh, and yeah. so for how? Well, th- yeah, that 
and we talk about this quite a bit, I, I like to say there's the protocol and there's the practical. Um, because, you know, we're all just living human beings. Um, some of us live in one or two bedroom apartments. Um, some of us are caring for uh, babies or dear elderly parents that we can't isolate from. We need to be there. So, of course, the protocol would be if you're living with someone with COVID that you wear, you know, you both wear masks, you try to keep six feet apart, you try to crack a window, and, you know, you do this for five full days. Now, that's the protocol. Practically, we know that that often cannot happen. So, you know, at best, if you're, you know, vaccinated, boosted, living with a loved one, um, even though you're well protected, you should just consider yourself that you have it or you're going to have it soon. That's the safest thing to do. And, you know, just use your own common sense. Um, if you're all relatively young and healthy and you think to yourself and you all agree, look, we've already been exposed to this. Let's just, you know, stay fluid in the house like we normally are. and Let's just wait five to ten days to see this pass. Um, but don't also don't be afraid to set some boundaries and wear masks around a loved one or, uh, you know, take the next five days in the house to kind of stay in your room or coordinate when you're in the kitchen versus someone else's in the kitchen. So it's highly personal, and we just always like to tell people what is the protocol versus the practical. Hospitalization and deaths are down with COVID now. Is that correct? It is. It is. And that was really foggy for a little bit because uh, it it was really hard for our teams um, over uh, Christmas break. Uh, we saw those influxes in our hospitalization um, of RSV and influenza, not so much COVID. Um, and, uh, in fact, I was talking to one police chief um, from Atlanta over Christmas break, and uh, all three local hospitals were on diversion, and they were treating people in the hallways, and there were just no beds anywhere. And it was all very murky, like, what exactly is going on? Um, but as the smoke clears, it, 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 it still seems that COVID risks are still relatively low. I mean, it's a high risk, you'll get it, but a low risk that you will end up in a hospital or dead, thank goodness. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Uh, we have about a minute until another break, but what uh, I want to talk about is that for people who uh, are living alone and say they're older, they're in their 60s or older, and they, they end up uh, testing positive for COVID, what should they watch out for before they actually decide they should go to a hospital? So we'll be asking about the hospital question and, and how do you tell? Because we still have the uh, people at higher risk, the older people, uh, and COVID is still around. And uh, even with the new variant, uh, I guess people in uh, high risk can have more serious complications. So we're going to take a short break. We'll, we'll come back and we'll talk to Chris about uh, what should they do? When do you know it's time to go to the hospital? You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be back after these words, but don't go away. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back to our final segment of The Advocate today. I'm your host, Nick Phillips, and we have with us today Chris Phillips uh, talking to us about uh, COVID-19 and all the variants that are out there and the fact that this is January 2023 
and uh, what are we facing? Chris, uh, as always, thank you for joining us and rejoining our conversation now, um, the conversation about how do you know when it's time to go to the hospital? Let's say you're alone, you're over and you have a bed. Yeah. I'm so glad you're asking this question, and it's very important because we all know going to the hospital when you don't need to is not only costly, it's dangerous, you know, because you're just going to get re-exposed to other people who are more sick than you. So there's usually um, two things that will trigger us sending you to the emergency room or to 911 as clinicians. Uh, Number one is dehydration. So stay well hydrated. Stay ahead of it. Short, frequent sips of whatever you like whatever you're keeping down. Now, you should stay away from a lot of caffeine. Uh, let me preface that. Um, and a good way to tell that you are staying well hydrated is that your mouth is moist and that you're urinating about every six to eight hours. And that looks good. So don't underestimate good hydration. You know, that's going to sneak up on you if, if you have any of these uh, viral syn- syndromes. The second one is true shortness of breath. And people really get confused about this all the time. They feel bad. They got a lot of congestion, runny nose, sneezing, coughing. But that's not real shortness of breath. That's just bad congestion. And that's what most of these viral syndromes give you is congestion. And that's what really hurts. What we're assessing for as nurses when we're talking to our patients of all ages is, is this down in their lungs? Is there rattling in their lungs? Can they take a deep breath? Hold it for about four to five slow seconds, then slowly let it out. That is a great exercise to do, both clinically and mentally. When you are alone, afraid, you're wondering if this is getting worse, if you can take deep breaths, hold them for about, you know, five, six seconds, slowly let them out, there's no pain, no restriction, then you're probably not having a major cardiac or pulmonary emergency. It's also really good for your lungs and really good for your mind. So that's really helpful. And another practical tip I always give is find a free 24-7 nurse line to save in your phone and talk to a nurse. Uh, these lines are everywhere if you just look for them. Often on the back of your health insurance card, you'll see you know, the nurse line. Or you may see a billboard. There may be a local health system or hospital that offers such a service. Or your primary care doctor may provide a free nurse line. And, um, you know, I just can't tell you how valuable that is. We, our nurse line uses state-of-the-art software. We have over 600 protocol at our fingertips. Um, just about all my nurses have master's degrees. Uh, several have PhDs. One's a researcher. Um, some have advanced certifications. And not only do they use this protocol, but they really know how to listen to a patient or to a child on the phone and make expert diagnoses and when to send them and when not to. So that that would be your, your most practical steps. In, in the last couple of minutes, we have just reconfirming then uh, COVID primarily when it causes problems to people besides fatigue and that kind of thing. It, it can be a respiratory problem. That's what to watch out for. Is that most definitely? Yeah. Well, well, outstanding. Um, should everybody go out if they're living alone? Call the oximeter then <laughs> at the local drugstore. Yes. Yeah, you could do that. Just watch that. Make sure the oximeter or whatever home device you're using is trending on a certain number. Really important. We get a lot of panicking patients calling because their oximeter dropped below 90% for about two seconds. And like, oh, my gosh, you know. And and really those cheaper oximeters, 
they, they bounce all around. So you're really looking for a trend of, you know, about five minutes under 90% before you report to your primary care provider on call. Wow. Well, I'm afraid we're out of time, but Chris, uh, thank you so very much for helping us out and updating us on what's going on with COVID that's still around. And uh, we, we hope we get past this sometime, sometime in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, Nick. Anytime. Thank you so very much. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a healthy, safe, and uh, make it a fun week. So have a good day. In a dream, or in my drifting days after the war, I found a tea room north of the Mozambique shore. Worn Persian carpet on the sandwood floor. Road-pointed slippers by the bamboo door. On the wall, a faded picture of a movie queen Torn from the pages of some ancient magazine Sleeping parrot, dreaming parrot dreams And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.